following is a production of Role Playing Public Radio, slangdesign.com slash RPPR. Go there. Yes. Uh, and anyways, welcome to our first episode of the new and improved second edition Role Playing Public Radio. I'm Ross Payton. And I'm Tom Church. Yeah. You knew that. And of course, we're here to give you all the hot news from Gen Con, which is... Ha- happened several weeks ago, but uh, we're here to talk about it anyways. I- we just now got around to it. <laughs> yeah, of course, everyone knows the huge, incredible, important gaming news. Um, Call of Cthulhu, am I right? Uh, we, uh, uh, of course, obviously the real news is Dungeons & Dragons, the fourth edition. But uh, for me, my favorite experience at Gen Con was playing Call of Cthulhu. Uh, several, many sessions with... Uh, uh, Shane Ivey of Pagan Publishing and uh, Scott Glancy. Staggering uh, back into that hotel room late at night like you yeah. just got off a bad date. Yes, exactly. Um, it was a good time by all. So uh, first we're going to talk about our general impressions of Gen Con, what we saw, what we learned, and uh, if you're going next year, which I recommend, uh, what you should look for. Um, and then, of course, Tom has a special presentation to... Uh, a very well I'll let him get into that yeah we'll get into it later let's go to Gen Con first <laughs> okay um, anyways this was my first Gen Con uh, ever this year and this is of course the 40th anniversary of Gen Con we picked uh, a good time to go yeah it was just ridiculous even without the big announcement from D&D um, it was just non-stop uh, gaming seminars meeting new people uh, and actually not feeling like a freak for carrying around a bunch of RPGs and D20s uh, in your back. Gaming sensory overload, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have to say my favorite part was uh, playtesting a new Call of Cthulhu scenario from Scott Glancy. Um, the last flight of L-58, which was a Zeppelin in World War One, a German Zeppelin. And anyone who thinks you don't learn things from gaming, I know more about Zeppelins now than I ever did. Yeah, no joke. It is a very interesting scenario. Of course, he's going. This is a play test, so it'll probably change by the time you see it in print. But I think <laughs> we had eight players all together, uh, and we went for it was, like, it was like a seven-hour scenario. It was kind of a marathon. I kind of uh, felt like I was in a zeppelin by the end of it. Um, of course, I was the first to die. I am proud to say uh, I fell screaming. My character fell screaming to his death. At ten thousand feet, and, he's uh, Ross is proud of things like this. Yes, I I sympathize. It, it was a uh, one too many failed uh, dex checks, which is to say, I failed one dex check and one climbing check, and off I went into the uh, down into the wild blue yonder. It was a good time, but you died for the fatherland, and that <laughs> that in the end was the important thing. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think uh, um, it's a fun scenario and i can't wait to spring it on my own players uh whenever it comes out uh so tom what about you what was your uh, highlight of gen con well for everyone who knows i'm a huge whore for mutants and masterminds and meeting the creators of that was kind of a nice experience but i have to say the call of cthulhu thing was one of the <laughs> one of my definite highlights too yeah and you were uh, uh it was sort of a last minute thing i just sort of asked if uh yeah, room. I I'm on the Delta Green emailing list, and uh, I saw the uh, ad for it there, and I signed up. But uh, Tom uh, was just kind of a last minute addition, and so uh, that was a uh, good times by all. Uh, oh yes, I uh, late comer to everything as yeah. always. I also tried out the uh, new Delta Green uh, scenario, uh, Dead God's Hand, or at least part of it. Um, 
It's a little too long for a convention. Uh, but it's from the new Delta Green book, uh, Eyes Only, which is a compilation of the three chapbooks that are basically impossible to find. They're like 200 bucks on eBay if you can find a copy, which is not too frequent. So they're reprinting them, and they're adding some new material. Uh, and I really enjoyed the scenarios, really getting interesting when we had to quit. We ran, uh, Shane uh, ran it for two nights uh, for about four hours each. Uh, so about eight hours altogether. We were only about two thirds into it. So it was still fun. It was still interesting because, uh, the whole investigating the murders and all this other fun stuff. So, um, and of course the inevitable tangents the players go off on. Oh yeah. We were a little too active in investigating the, uh, murders. And so, uh, I found out later, apparently we, uh, were, we were doing too much and the GM couldn't just fast forward through the uh, uh, NPC timeline and w- wait for the NPCs to actually act. So. Too active of an investigation. I doubt you're going to hear that working for the FBI. <laughs> yeah, so it was uh, it was fun. It was fun. Um, see, what else? Uh, there were quite a few seminars and workshops. Yeah. The podcasting ones we went to. Not that we actually need anyone to tell us how to do a podcast. Oh, am I right? yeah. Well, uh, no, they're good people. They're everyone. Very good people. Yes. Yeah. Um, Sons of Cryos, uh, Pulp Gamer. Um, everyone seemed very uh, open, just wanting to be a community and hang out and have fun and all that other stuff. Not very, not competitive at all. Which it was uh, gorgeous. Yes. Um, and let's see here. Uh, I saw a lot of the costumes running around. Those were great. I loved the fact that I saw Venture Brother costumes, the monarch and some of the butterflies. That was certainly interesting. Uh, and lots of Naruto, or however the heck you pronounce that. N- uh, Naruto. Very. Uh, how do you know that, Ross? <laughs> I, shut up. It's on cartoon. No. Uh, I, found a, I, I heard a new term for Naruto fans, Narutards. Which uh, I think is very apt. It's yeah, good. It's good. Right. It's, it's I made fun of Naruto fans. Yeah. Why didn't you say that? That was one of the highlights. Well, uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, how to write an adventure that doesn't suck. Definitely uh, a good one. That was a, a crowded good, one too. Goodman Games uh, hosted that. It was fun. Uh, packed. Both Tom and I were there. It was like 62 people in one of those. It was little, standing room only in yeah, there. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Um, I just saw today uh, that another website has posted an MP3 of the seminar. So uh, we'll link that on RPPRs, but definitely take a listen to that. It was fun. I got to ask a question. I'm the jerk who asks about the uh, NP- making memorable NPCs uh, in particular. <laughs> Which An armless orc. We uh, have had many of those in our careers. Yes, I even got to make a really bad joke about attacks of opportunity. You see, <laughs> the orc didn't have arms, so he every he took attack of opportunities whenever he attacked because he was disarmed. Huh? Huh? Yeah. Okay. Yes, uh, Ross was summarily beaten for that. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the way this know. thing happens. Um, Lots of like lots of upcoming stuff we're all looking forward to. Yes. Never mind the fourth edition of which is like I said that's the the Holy Grail news everyone heard about. <laughs> yeah. Um. What are you looking forward to? Well, most certainly some mutants or mastermind stuff in particular. Oh, yeah, yeah. In particular, the Iron Age Heroes book, which is the scenario set in the ultra violent eighties and early nineties. Yeah, the whole Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns, Scarface kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I can do that. Certainly looking forward to that. <laughs> Um, what else? Uh, I picked up Rain, Greg Stoll's uh, new uh, fantasy game with uh, the one roll engine. 
I'm reading through it right now. It's very interesting because it's built from the ground up to incorporate organizations, which the game calls companies, which can be cults, armies, mercenary companies, anything, any any sort of organization, and you can have them go to war. And uh, it looks pretty interesting. I, uh, I, w- I want to try it out sometime. Um, what else? Uh, let's, of course, uh, being a World of Warcraft player, I got to try Wrath of the Lich King. It was very neat, very pretty, uh, and StarCraft too. Uh, which I'm, I'm not Korean, so I can't really say I'm a huge... Now, Ross, don't sell yourself short. One does not have to be Korean to enjoy that. Well, yeah, I guess so, but... Um, I've never been a big, huge fan of the RTS, real-time strategy games. Um, I just, I don't know, the whole click order, build order menus, it's... Eh, I don't know. How about you? Well, I don't play World of Warcraft, and... Uh... I have StarCraft and thoroughly enjoy that, but I've been enjoying that since it came out back in 1997. Yeah, so they're sort of overdue for a, a sequel. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, the Booth Babes there were pretty good for uh, Conan. And, yeah. uh, it's really some really awesome artwork there, too, I must yes. say. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see, what other games came out? Uh, a lot of uh, pen and paper RPGs. I wanted to pick up Cold City. I forgot to... Uh, I uh, picked up some of the new stuff from Pazio Pathfinder. That was fun uh, because uh, the, 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 the way they're designing adventures is really interesting. I've been reading the book, and I, I'm probably not going to run it myself, but I, I can see a lot of ideas I can use from it. And um, for those that are into card games, I don't think neither Ross and I are, but any, anything you can imagine, they've got a card game for it now. Yeah, I guarantee true. you. Yeah, especially if it's anime. It's like, or if you're into sewer management, there's probably a card game out for that. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, let's see. What else were we? Get? Um, oh, there were a couple of. I wouldn't say low points, but there are some things. Uh, Colonel Luzaki had this uh, game seminar uh, about how to sell your game design, and it was more oriented towards board games than really. Well, RPGs. actually, it was pretty much entirely board games. Yeah, he yeah. never even mentioned RPGs. Yeah, that's tr- uh, maybe once or twice in passing, but um, it it, it he's kind of like your old uncle at a family reunion who tells you, "Oh, you should get into plastics." He, here's oh this one guy I had mm-hmm. to deal with, and he when just, I was your age, I was twelve. You know, yeah, exactly. th- things like that. Yes. Yeah, kind of rambling on, kind of interesting, but I mean, it's Gen Con, and I wanted to get out and do other things. But uh, I don't know, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. Um, oh, I saw a copy of Campaign for North Africa at one of the booths which is this ridiculously complex war game where they have rules for water evaporation. And uh, the Italian units use more water than the German units because they need water to boil spaghetti. These are actual rules in the game. And I wanted to buy it so bad, but it was 300 bucks. So, and that's... That's a bit of money for uh, low-class geeks like us. <laughs> I don't know. It it just, ah, uh, that game, just the idea that a game that insane exists taunts me. It taunts me in my dreams. Um, I tried, yeah, some of the other new games out. Um, again, new, new Pazio stuff. I picked up a bunch of used games, like a lot of transhuman space stuff. Really good sci-fi yeah. material. Um, the old edition GURP stuff, we're going for a song. Yeah, third edition, yeah, just... Like, yeah, there's one booth with three for ten bucks. Anyways, um, so overall, I had a blast just uh, uh, seeing all this stuff. And next year, oh, um, those, those weren't uh, the only seminars I went to. I went to some uh, one-ons on freelance writing, 
writers in the marketplace. Yeah. Uh, career stuff. And it was pretty interesting to talk to some of these game designers and writers. Because everyone wants to write. Yes. Just like everyone wants to direct. But Yes, exactly. Uh, and nowadays everyone wants to produce. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was a blast. And again, Call of Cthulhu is a great game, especially for conventions, actually, because it's... Uh, Oh, the the system's a lot simpler than D anD D, and uh, you can kill players off easily, and they'll they'll yeah. accept it. And even after you die, it's often fun just to stick around and see how many more make it through the meat grinder. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, part of I wrote part of the Goodman Games Dungeon Crawl Classic Tournament scenario, which apparently went off very well. I'm glad to hear about it. They uh, I just got word back that Goodman Games will be releasing uh, the module. It's called Chronicles of the Fiend. Uh, they'll be doing it this year because they want to get it out before 4th Ed. Um, so if you get a chance, pick it up. It'll be one of the last um, Goodman Games scenarios ever produced for 3.5, and not my work is in it. So obviously it's a class product. This is what we call blatant self-promotion. <laughs> yes. Um, but that's another lesson we learned at Gen Con is blatant yeah. self-promotion. Blatant self-promotion. That's a good, yeah, pass it's out like, business card. Be like, hey. Even hey. if you don't have a business, have some business cards. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's um, it was just awesome. So, anyways, that's, that's sort of our report on Gen Con. Uh, do you have anything else you want to add, Tom? <laughs> you do have to pay to get in, mind you that. Well, of course. Um yeah, so anyways, uh, since then, I have been... Uh, I'll actually, one bit of business uh, sort of relating to our next bit. Um, Shane Ivey, the uh, Arc Dreams publisher. Uh, I'm sorry. He's not pagan publishing Arc Dreams. Um, he is also publishing Monsters and Other Childish Things. And uh, I managed to talk to him. And uh, he is... Um, I'm working for Monsters and Other Child. I'm writing a scenario for Monsters and Other Childish Things. I'm happy to announce, and so look forward to that. It's a great game. Um, of course, again, more of the blatant self promotion. Uh, I've been running a, a, a campaign of it, uh, pretty much this summer. Well, not since I think July. Early uh, July is when yeah. you started it, yeah. And uh, Tom's been in it, and we've had a few other players, and it's been a really, it's a really fun game. Um, if you got the right group, of course. Yeah, it's 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 a character-based game, so you're not really, um, how should I say this, uh, not just killing orcs or killing bad guys and looting their bodies. It's about who your character is and how they relate to the other characters. Uh, I just The m most fun part of the game so far has been the players bitching at each other over, oh my god, I can't believe you did this, and you did that, and I hate you now, and, you know... Um, like, thank you, Dawson's Creek. <laughs> Except they have uh, bloodthirsty monsters at their beck and call. And Dawson's Creek, come on, that would have been better with that. Uh, well, yeah, pretty much, I would uh, I would have to say. I didn't know you were a big Dawson's Creek fan, Tom. There's a lot of things you don't know about me, Russ. Uh, <laughs> you could fill oh. the Grand Canyon with things you don't know about me, as said Kevin what? Smith. <laughs> Well, yeah, so uh, one thing I've, I've figured out, though, one of the, the sort of difficulties of this game of this uh, uh, is each character is not only a kid, but also a monster. The kid and the monster are friends, obviously, sort of like Calvin and Hobbes, only Hobbes is, you know, a Lovecraftian monster. Um, the problem is, is the player has to roleplay both of them, and it's sort of a problem, especially be, because uh, at certain points the, the player will be talking to himself and that's sort of a challenge for a lot of players so i've instituted this house rule where each player role plays 
someone else's monster. So the players are still are talking to each other instead of to themselves. And so far, we've done one session of that so far, uh, and it's worked out really good. I still play my own. Yeah, I mean, it's an optional rule, but uh, the other players have really enjoyed it. Um, Of course, I I can't say I am a brilliant game designer who thought of this all on its own. I actually ripped this off from Wraith, the White Wolf game, which... uh, Someone else plays your uh, Spectre. Yes, or your Shadow, or whatever the term is. Um, And I thought, wow, that would be a good idea, because the monster really is sort of an alter ego for the kid. Uh, Although it's not not totally analogous, but it's it's interesting. So... um, Anyways, we'll be talking more about monsters and other childish things in future episodes. As long as Ross is running it, yes, we will be talking <laughs> about it. Uh, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if you want to run monsters, if you want to hear more about it, uh, please email us or leave a comment uh, on our website. We'd be happy to lather on about it for quite some time. I know I will, since I'm actually And uh, for those who just tuned in, uh, what's the name of that address again? Uh, slangdesign.com slash rppr which, you say that good yes uh, of course it'd be kind of interesting how would people get this uh, podcast if they didn't know the address to the website Ross strange things happen <laughs> that's all I'll say about yeah, that yeah that's true that's true um, at any rate I think we're ready for Tom's uh, little segment uh, what do you do you have letters what is it called it's like well I'm calling it letters from Tom okay and uh why don't you tell us about it, Tom? Well, it's basically where I try to prove my penmanship mastery and mastery of the awesome writing skills to write some BS letters addressed to various role-playing game characters and things like that. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. So, uh, do you are you ready to read it? It's like, yeah, I think we can get that started here pretty soon. Okay. Uh, back in a jiff. Dear Cthulhu, let me first say that I am a huge admirer of all you have accomplished. In only a few short decades, you have become the most famous, well-known cosmic horror of all time. Even though you are only a high priest of the old ones like Azathoth and Yogg-Sothoth, they may as well be groupies to your enormous fan base. Even though your form is difficult for frail, mortal minds to contemplate, the majority of people recognize you by sight. It's not hard to see why. Your sanity-sapping visage adorns all manner of merchandise. From plushies to t-shirts, posters, video games, bumper stickers, and even funny hats. I myself possess a pair of house slippers with your face looking up at me. Every time I pat around my house wearing them, I feel a little bit more of my tenuous grip on reality slip away, and it thrills me to no end. Even more comforting than your non-Euclidean-inspired merchandise is how much you and I have in common. You may not realize this, but I too seek fanatical loyalty from the hordes of degenerate backwoods folk, and desperately seek their worship. We both love beachfront property, and we both have an interest in ancient artifacts of unspeakable purpose and power. But most of all, we both hate Norwegian fishermen with a boating kamikaze tendency. It's because of all this that I believe we we have a connection between us, the kind of bond that soulmates share. It's for this bond that I feel close enough to pass you this question. Where can you go from here? With all the attention you've garnered over the years, I fear your, your popularity may have peaked. Everyone knows where you live, and everyone knows about your long-term plans to drive humanity into madness. No one, not even a cosmic horror, can ride on that popularity forever. 
I know that your next video game is stalled indefinitely, and that is one of the first signs of a flagging fanbase. But don't worry, for I have the solution. I don't do this for just anyone, but we have a special bond, so I feel I can help you. I want to be your PR manager. I know I have a reputation as an uncreative hack, probably made evident from the fact that I stole this whole Letters from Tom bit from the Henry Rollins show. But don't worry, I still have plenty of ideas to keep you in the limelight. For example, why not show off your island home of Relai, or, or however the heck you pronounce that, on MTV's Cribs, or some other similar show? Lots of people would love to have a guided tour of the unimaginable space salt towers that you call home. Afterwards, you could then devour the MTV crew. Jaded television viewers gobble that kind of spectacle up as voraciously as you gobble up helpless peons. Or perhaps you could re reveal a bit more about yourself to the public. We know some things, like your taste in food and decor, but it would really blow people away if you publicly announced that you would love the show Desperate Housewives. Or, and I know this is a bit of a stretch, you could start a celebrity relationship with a Hollywood starlet. We could even have a combination name to it, like Angela Thulu or Cathody. It doesn't have to be Angelina or Jodie Foster, but you get the idea. I have many other ideas, and I am sure I can help you stay in the limelight. Or you could just devour me. I would be honored to do both. Sincerely, Tom. And that was uh, Letters from Tom, right? Or is it Letter from Tom? Letters from Tom. It's letters just like Letters from Henry from the Henry Rollins show right. for anyone who watches that. Because you're a horrible hack, right? Well, exactly. I think <laughs> I've made this clear on many occasions. Okay. Uh, well, we're going to end the show on, I think, a segment uh, we're going to end every show with from now on. And it's called uh, basically the gaming anecdote. Uh, this is a staple of gaming culture, the stories of how your favorite character died or killed a bad guy or that incredibly awesome natural 20 or that equally lame natural one. And uh, so we're going to do something from a, a, a campaign I ran recently. Uh, actually, it ended last year. It's uh, Masks of... No, it ended this February. I started it last year. Uh, Masks of Nyarlathotep. Meat uh, grinder scenario if there ever was one. Yes, <laughs> let me tell you. Not just a scenario. Well, yes. Uh, well, we, fine. It lasted six months, and it's, uh, its reputation is well-deserved, I'll tell you that. We had... Uh, about a dozen PCs die or go permanently insane in it, and uh, it was fun. But my single favorite time, I think, or one of them, one of the top three easily, uh, uh, took place in the London chapter. And, now, before we tell this, I would like you to know, for most of the time, I play a pretty decent person in games. <laughs> Except the monsters and other childish things where you're playing a trench coat mafioso type character, right? Okay, well, there's that time. Okay. And the time you uh, uh, harvested the organs of our dead enemy so you could sell them on the black market. We Like, the GM didn't provide us with any money. I was helping the group. <laughs> right. Um, I'm sure I'll think of something else out. But anyways. Yes, I'm sure you will. <laughs> anyways, in this particular chapter, um, you know, they're in London. They're trying to find the uh, Cult of the Bloody Tongue, I think. No, it's the uh, uh, Black Pharaoh. Uh, and any of those cults all sound alike. They, they blend together. Yeah. They all they all want to destroy they all everything. Worship Nyarlathotep. They're all They're all evil. They're all crazy as hell. Anyways, and therefore they're all crazy and evil. They should be killed. Which yeah. was exactly my philosophy um, upon entering this situation. Yeah, Tom had tracked one of the cultists down, uh, a sorcerer down into his cover. The sorcerer's cover was a, a tea shop owner uh, in London. And um, why don't you walk us through it, Tom? Why don't you describe it? Go for. Well, I forget the details on how I found out this guy was a cultist, but I did. Yeah. And I decided that one less cultist on our tail would be a good thing. 
And just so you know, I'd also recently discovered a uh, an Aklo incantation. Well, act in uh, game mechanics wise, it was the shriveling spell. Oh, I just so gave th- it a different name. Oh, well, good job, Ross. Yeah, I like to throw mix things up. Anyway, but anyway, I, yes, I had whatever the heck he just said. This shriveling spell. Exactly. Yeah, shriveling. And I was throwing it around a lot like a kid who just found his dad's gun. <laughs> I was using on anyone that looked at me wrong. Yeah, you were. You were, and losing quite a bit of sanity, too. But, but sanity, what's that Nicole Cthulhu game? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I figured I'd go here, and I'd go there and deal with him. And I so I decided to just walk in and use it right there. And uh, darn the luck if he didn't have defenses against it. Yeah, uh, using a, a magic spell against another sorcerer doesn't really work out because they're they're very resistant to that sort of thing. So, uh, Tom, it didn't work. And uh, so what you do next when the sorcerer realized that you were trying to kill him? Like, well, as most criminals do when their plans don't go immediately according to plan, I panicked. And had the only thing at hand, which happened to be a steel, steel-headed walking cane, and proceeded to beat him to death with it. Yeah, you chased him up to his apartment upstairs above the tea shop, and there you beat him to death. And it was really bloody. I really emphasized that. I, I, well, I kept hitting him for several minutes. and That's right. You had to be sure he was dead. <laughs> uh, or it might have just been I really enjoyed doing it. I don't remember which. Yeah. But uh, let us just say it was pretty serious Charles Manson kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, but this is... London, middle of the day, downtown, you know, nice tea shop, nice part of town. Uh, so, of course, I had a customer walk in. Uh, well, as I believe you first rolled the dice and then started laughing hysterically when you saw the result. Yeah, I think I uh, made a luck check and Tom just failed miserably on that. I did. Yes, yeah. I did. And so a lovely upper class woman came in to buy tea for her wedding. Yes. Yeah. How lovely. <laughs> And, uh, of course, Tom was covered in blood. And the bitch would not go away. Yeah, she was very insistent about that. I was uh, pretty pleased with that. Um, so what'd you do, Tom? How'd you deal with the woman? Well, I tried to use the minuscule amount of persuade and fast talk I had, which is I didn't put any points into it. Yeah, like 15%, something like that. And the dice were kicking me in the nuts that day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she didn't bite and went decided to go check upstairs to see if the owner was there. And, um... Uh, Guess what she saw? A bloody, uh, your character, covered in blood with uh, holding a bloody cane. And, uh, like, the dead body of the tea shop owner. <laughs> well, I did what any self-respecting investigator in Call of Cthulhu would do. And what's that, Tom? I beat her to death. That's right, you did. You did kill her. Um, I only meant to hit her once, but she then she started screaming. Yeah. I had uh, to yeah. shut her up. Yeah, that's true. So you panicked. And what I really liked about it was... During the actual game, all the other players are like, Tom, do this, do that. I, I just It was like the price is right yeah, when people, the audience is was, shouting out ideas. Exactly. And I really loved how everyone was on their toes, just like they couldn't believe what was going on. I believe Patrick was actually standing up at that yeah, point. Yeah, I think I think so. And um, so I had everyone shut up and just tell them, like, Tom, you're on your own. No one else, no one's gonna help, no metagaming. And uh, uh, so you're panicking. The woman, you know, is dead at your feet, your second victim. And uh, so I think I had another luck check for you. Yeah, you did. Yeah. You, you freaking did. <laughs> and her fiancé decides to come in to see what's taking so long. Yeah, that was great. And um, he finds her dead body, and uh, it's only then your luck started to change, and you made some really good uh, uh, dex times five rolls to... Uh, Escape, so you narrowly escape getting caught by the fiance. Yeah, only covered in blood, brain, and skull fragments. Yeah, but it was a it was a very 
interesting scene. I loved how you just killed an innocent person and uh, uh, murdered two people altogether and uh, uh, managed to get away. Of course, you lost quite a bit of sanity. I think your character was pretty close to zero sanity by that point. Uh, yeah, I lasted another session. Yeah, and uh, then... But was... even more funny is none of the people in the group really asked me what happened. <laughs> yeah. At this point, there was so much crazy stuff going on. Uh, uh, this Tom's incident wasn't even, like, the most unusual. It was it was pretty bad, but it wasn't as bad as... Uh, I think Curry's character was eaten by the fog monster because she just rolled horribly and horribly. I didn't even mean to kill anybody with the fog monster. You kept making the checks easier, and she kept failing. Yeah, it's like, dex times five. Oh, power... Oh, you just... But yes, people, we we still talk about my murder of the innocent woman. Just the, those few minutes where everybody's like, oh, do this, do this," and Tom was like, "Uh, uh, uh, I, I kill her, <laughs> I hit her again." I just uh, I challenge anyone to say they would not have done the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, I only regret not having a gun and, at and the, the time. And the thing was, you didn't want to lose that character because he had the freaking magic spell that you could kill people with it. And um, I, yes, I admit, getting a magic spell that kills in Call of Cthulhu is like heroin. It's <laughs> yeah. it's gorgeous. I yeah. love it. I, I to be fair, I did up the power of the shriveling spell so he could kill two or three people with it before he had to run out of magic. And uh, let me tell you, I did. Yeah, I he, killed with yeah. it. But uh, but in the end, in the end, it was it was all right. I I didn't die. I want to assure you that I was. Merely possessed by a serpent person. Yeah. And he was, kept showing up the whole rest of the campaign. Yeah, that sort of made the... That's another story, though. That's yes, for another yes. section. Um, so, I guess the lesson of this story is uh, always have a backup plan when you're going to murder a cult. Cultist in the middle of a busy, busy city a day. Perhaps go at night. Or, um, yeah, yeah. Or, or have a silenced pistol or something. <laughs> or a dark gun or a uh, chloroform. Or a, like, or a pillow. Just, you know, the good old-fashioned smother them while they're asleep kind of thing. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so that's our first episode of RPPR. Uh, please let us know how you feel. Leave feedback on our site. Email us at uh, contact at slangdesign.com, and uh, we'll get back to you. And we'd look forward to talking to you again. Seriously, we, we, we love it when we get feedback. Yes. That's like our heroin. We need it badly. All right. Uh, see you next time. Later.